0: It's not every day you get to talk to your satire hero. Oh, no. But today, my misfit friends, oh, 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 today is that day. Well, that day was actually back in January. You remember January, you know, when the world was still spinning on its axis? Ah, oh, those were good times. Anyway, so by sheer nerve and perseverance, I somehow managed to get Kyle Mann. Yes, kyle mann the editor of the babylon bee to talk to little old me i knew. so we recorded this conversation all the way back then and it's amazing to me how it's also fitting for right now so i think it just all worked out the way it should and that's all i'm gonna say about that so gather around all ye satire loving misfits sit back and keep listening Welcome to the Isle of Misfits, Kyle. Hey,
1: how's it going? Thanks for having me on. It's
0: going really well, and I have to say, until the words just came out of my mouth right now, I didn't even know that I had a satire hero, but I've said it, and here we are.
1: (laughs) I'll take up the mantle. Yeah, perfect.
0: Okay, no pressure. But, you know, thank you. Yeah, thank you for taking the time out of your your very busy satire life and joining us today.
1: No problem, you know. Uh, You you scheduled this for 8.30 a.m., on a monday and so i rolled out of bed and i looked at my calendar and i said i have an interview in like 15 minutes so uh you know we get a morning chat over coffee and that's all good
0: there you go see we're it's a it's a great way to start your week here with us misfits and we're thrilled. We're thrilled to have you. And I got to tell you, what I love about the fact that we are having this conversation is that a lot of a lot of our people on the aisle they already know who you are, and they're like, "What? How the heck did you get him to talk to you?" But that's beside the point. Um, but we've also got some people here that are like, "What? Who the heck is this?" Um, no disrespect, but they are about to find out. So let's start here. Tell me, who the heck are you, anyway?
1: <laughs> I'm not. Oops, sorry. But- I, I am not. Really i just anybody, a man. But uh, yeah, I'm not really anybody. But my, uh, I, I, just, I, kind of stumbled into what I do. But uh, so backing up a few years ago, uh, uh, four years ago, a satire website launched called the Babylon Bee, and it it uh, skewered Christian culture, church culture, theology, uh, also some politics. Uh, early on, you know, we did we did about half and half some church. Uh, satire some political and current event satire um and it's just you know it's really exploded over the past couple of years um, it, it was a big hit within christian within the christian community and then uh and then became a kind of a, a wider phenomenon outside of that i personally was just i mean i i just worked in uh, the, the sales industry selling construction supplies <laughs> and uh, i i saw the announcement that the site was launching and i uh sent in some submissions just for fun, and it worked out. So I slowly kind of started to do more and more, write more and more of the site's content, and just part-time before work, you know, that kind of stuff. And then uh, just two years ago, I was able to quit my job and uh, do this full-time. So now I run the whole site and uh, every day write a bunch of articles and and, uh, hopefully make some people laugh. So that's a little snapshot into my crazy uh, life.
0: Right, right. Okay, so you went from sales, so sales pitches, and you're still pitching. You're pitching humor to the masses. But yeah, you are making a lot of people laugh every day, and you're making a lot of people think, and you're also getting people a little bit irked, if I can use that word. Do people use that word anymore? I don't know. I just used it.
1: I have no idea what the kids say these days.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you what they're saying. So, um, yeah, I mean... (sighs) They either love you or they hate you, right? That's that's just the way, that's when you know you've made it. But here's the thing. I like to think of you, meaning the plural you of Babylon Bee, Um, I like to think of you as equal opportunity offenders, right? You're, but... But most people won't notice that because they only notice what offends them, right? And it's kind of like, you know, listening to NPR, you know, the things that you agree with are what reasonable people think, but, you know, the things are like, wait, no, how dare you say that? You've crossed a line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, we, uh, I wouldn't say we're equal opportunity offenders. No, I, I I don't think that's something you should really strive for. Like, I, I think you should make fun of what seems silly to you, um, but I do think that we try to balance out whatever we make fun of, um, you know, if you're willing to make fun of the other guy, you also need to be willing to make fun of um, of your own, you know. And a lot of times that takes the form of uh, writing satire about hypocrisy uh, within your own movement, you know. That we're bible believing christians like i'm not i'm not going to write satire just saying that believing the bible is stupid or something (laughs) they are there that the idea of god is stupid you know there's other satire sites that will do that but for us it's like i will make fun of people who say uh, within our own camp who say they believe the bible and yet live in a totally different way you know so so there. So satire can be used as a mirror for your own movement it can be used you know kind of as a as a grenade that you lob into the other movement and uh, to the other side of, you know, any given issue. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really see the goal of what we do as communicating truth, maybe to a culture that doesn't put a lot of emphasis on truth anymore. And, you know, really taking away some of the angst and anxiety people feel about politics and current events, you know, when, when you can hold up a funhouse mirror to uh, crazy politicians, whichever side they're on, yeah, you know, then people can people can chuckle a little bit instead of being so worried all the time and that's kind of my hope.
0: Yeah. And you know, okay. So I'm going to back up and defend my statement a little bit. Cause when I say equal opportunity offender, I totally agree with you. I, I, am not saying, oh, let's just be offensive for the sake of being offensive. Let's, you know, let's just be, yeah. No, I, I guess what I mean by that is, is really just what you said that, you know, I, I think we're all for poking fun at the other side, right? Oh, look at them. Aren't they? They're idiots. Oh, you know, and calling out hypocrisy when, the people that we are diametrically opposed to when they're committing but when we point that finger back at ourselves like oh you you can't say that that's that's you're talking about our side and i love that you're not afraid to do that because you're decidedly christian at least in my estimation of what i've seen of you but you're not afraid to poke a little bit of fun at the church or even you know many christians not all obviously identify as conservatives um but you're not afraid to to poke fun even at that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, all I'm trying to say is that just some people will say, well, you know, your satire should be 50-50. Like, just right, right down the middle, make fun right. of conservatives and make fun of liberals and make fun of conservatives. And, make, and that's boring. Like, to me, if you don't know, if, if your satire site doesn't have, like, an angle or, or you, it has no personality, you know, it's just... Right. evenly making each person so i i a lot of conservatives will say oh you know the saturday night live saturday night live is terrible or the onion is terrible because they only make fun of conservatives and that's not true you know they will make fun of liberals but and i kind of defend that you know that's their opinion you know you'd rather you would rather that they write something that they are passionate about than than just trying to be even-handed all the time so yeah uh, but i do agree yeah. yeah but we do need to we do need to uh, target both sides. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: So I'm yeah. having I'm having a little epiphany. Even as you say this, so ah, I think I get it. I get it. So really, what you're talking about is you call it as you see it. Through the lens of your worldview, really, and that's what SNL does, right? So, what they see is okay, yeah. Most of the time, because they come at it through a what we would say a liberal worldview, they're they're calling out truth as they see it, and that's what their satire is about. And I and I guess if I'm understanding you correctly, that's kind of what you're doing. You have this, you have a worldview, and you're just saying, hey, this is what this is what we see, and we're not afraid to say it. Yeah,
1: and I wouldn't even say that our our worldview is conservative necessarily because satire doesn't really take a position you know right. satire satire pokes and it makes fun and, right. but we do make fun of progressives more and uh but the reason is because that saturday night live and onion and you know late show crowd they make fun of the right so much that there's not a lot of room you know there's not a lot of uh, comedy room in that space because we will try to write something about it and it's like oh you know all the late night hosts have already made this joke, you know. <laughs> right, right. So there's there's a little more room on the other side that we have found kind of a a, a little bit of a of an audience with.
0: You niche, as yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I love it. So we're all okay. So we're all back on the same page. But yeah, and and I for what, like I'm just thrilled. Like, you know, I, I don't know how early of an adopter I was uh, to to your side. I think I discovered you pretty close to you know when you started within within the first year or two, and it's just been a delight in my life so i thank you i thank you okay I'm gonna, yeah I'll, I'll edit my i'll edit that gushing out maybe maybe not maybe i'll keep it just to keep it real uh,
1: keep it in there okay All keep in the, yeah.
0: we'll, we'll, we'll keep it real so okay so this is the point in the conversation um, where we we're going to we're going to transition into a town honored tradition that we have here in the aisle that of engaging with me your host in a stupid game if you are so willing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm all about uh, stupid games.
0: All right. Well, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I aim to be as stupid as possible and fulfilling that wish. So, so here's how today's game's going to go. I've actually lifted things right off of your website. So you already know the answers, but we're going to see uh, how Good Your Recall Is. So I've, I've pulled up a couple of things. In fact, I'm going to start here. There's so many directions we could go. I'm going to start with interpret that Christianese phrase. So I'm going to throw you out a phrase you wrote about it in your book, which we'll discuss in a little bit, and then you're going to give me the interpretation. Got it? Got it, yeah. He's got it. Okay. First Christianese phrase. I'll keep that in prayer, brother. What are you really saying?
1: Oh, man, you quizzed me on the book that I wrote, and I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. You can
0: make it up. You're good on the fly.
1: Yeah, I think that one is uh, basically I I have already forgotten what it is that I was supposed to pray for you about, and there's absolutely no chance. That is that correct!
0: <laughs> yes, that's Sorry. exactly it. Yes, I have no idea what you just said, but yeah. Okay, all right, second one. I love this one. This is short but sweet. Lord willing.
1: Oh, man. What was Lord willing? um uh, <laughs> Lord willing is, uh, I'm trying to think in context, so you say, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to volunteer for this event, Lord willing, and then I, I guess the, the, the translation would be, like, there's not a chance that's going to happen. Really
0: close. Close. Well, it's really close, that's actually kind of closer to the last one about praying for your brother, oh, yeah. alright, so this one is actually, yes, I'm pretty much going to do what I want to do, whether God wants me to do it or not. So,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna
0: say yeah, I'm trusting God. I'd like all right.
1: To into my answer. Yeah.
0: Okay, that is acceptable because I, grab, I have book. a book
1: on myself. I can go grab it. All right, we're I'm gonna let you do. Yes,
0: we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna let you. This is an open book test, so you do what you got to do. Okay. So, all right. Uh, how about this one? Oh, this I, this was a favorite of mine. I'd love to have you over for some fellowship.
1: Um, so I, I right. think I, I can tried, give you a hint if you, you like. Yeah, no, 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 I, I think I was trying to make fun of the. Uh, Love to have you over for some fellowship. I think I was trying to make fun of the idea of fellowships, so and maybe it's like, let's go uh, drink a bunch of beer. <laughs> How, idea?
0: You know, that's that's a good answer too. You really can't go wrong because this is your game and it's your book. Um, I'm going to give you a hint: three letters, M L M
1: uh oh. <laughs> now i get it now I, yeah, yeah, get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i'm going to sell, sell you i'm going to sell you on my uh yeah. on my uh, yeah. pyramid scheme exactly
0: yeah. yes i've a home-based business, business. Yeah.
1: <laughs> i need to write uh, i need to write a second edition book where i give the uh, al- the alternate uh translations
0: i would buy that book because you know i'm just that that much of a fangirl all right i'll just give you one more this one is i think everyone's all-time favorite i think we all have an interpretation on this but we want yours Bless her heart.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's, it's an insult, right? So it's like, uh, it's like I am much holier than she is.
0: Oh yeah, and that, that's actually a really nice way to put it because I like to think of it as you, idiot, or. You know, not you, because you're not a shade, but yeah. Bless your heart. What an idiot. Okay, well, you know, you've done so fabulously well. Now, I'm going to spare you any more stupidity. um, You know, maybe some other time we could continue, because there's so much. But you did fabulous. Congratulations. What you don't know is you've just won yourself a genuine Isle of Misfits mug. So that'll be coming to your door, delivered by drone, at some point in the near future.
1: Awesome. Very (laughs) excited.
0: I'm glad you're excited because, you know, we're we're excited to offer this to the general public. They make uh, the coffee experience much more awkward than it has to be, and I think that's a good thing. Just like this yeah, yeah, interview. Perfect. Exactly. Okay, yeah, moving right along. Okay, by the way, this is a good time to plug your podcast. Um, I love your podcast. I know it's still relatively new, but I've been listening and love it. Learning from you, even though you know you've been doing this just a short time, you've already far surpassed me. Um, And I love that you have like these cool uh, bumpers, you know, into your your new segments. And I need to I need to up my game. So, in your honor, I just created this segment called "Misfits Want to Know." Misfits want to know because I took a poll of some of my followers, asked them what they wanted to know. Because I told them um, that I would be talking to you, so I have a few questions from some of my misfits, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, so I'm going to start with this one because I thought this was pretty pretty good. Uh, would they, meaning you, meaning the bee, would they consider annual bee sting awards for most outrageous true news headlines?
1: <laughs> yeah, we actually considered that. Or we, we, we were working on something at the end of the year, and I just ran out of time. We were going to do something that was like, uh, yeah, the top ten... Uh, crazy do stories that that we didn't even need to make up or something like that and we were gonna do it. So maybe maybe this year I'll have the time and, and we'll do that. Yeah, that's a great idea.
0: Nice. Okay. Something to look forward to. All right, so here's just a housekeeping question. How many writers do you have?
1: Uh, so it's so kind of like, like, uh, it, it's, it's like a concentric, a concentric circles. circles. I think that's the right term, but like, right. so we have, um, we have a small group of, uh, I would say like our core writers. So I write, I write on uh, most weeks, I'll, I'll write half or a little over half of the content. And then, uh, I have, we have one writer named Frank Fleming, who's, uh, we call him our senior writer you know, he, he's uh, he's just very funny and he'll write three or four really good pieces over a week. And then we have Ethan Nicole who's my uh, podcast co-host also and does right. a lot of our photoshops. He'll do a few articles in a week. So I, I, the three of us really make up I, I don't know, maybe 80% of what you see. Um, and then outside that, we have a group of contributing writers, and there's there's four or five of them, and they'll uh, pitch ideas all day long, and uh, it, it's all done, most of it's done in an online, like a Facebook group, but they'll pitch headlines, and then, uh, a lot of that you know the creative process, especially for comedy, you you write so much that you don't use you know so at the end of a given week we might have 500 headlines uh, that we've pitched and we've used you know uh, thirty of them so so that so that group is really doing a lot of the grunt work of introducing ideas that maybe uh, I'll change or spin off or you know you know, reject or or whatever, that's just kind of how it works. And then, uh, so that's, uh, and and then uh, actually there's another circle outside of that we have, uh, we have a group of people in that group who don't really ever write anything, uh, but, you know, maybe they're fans of the B or maybe they're, uh, maybe they're writers that we knew of from different outlets or whatever. So, so a couple of bigger names, you know, and they'll just drop in once in a blue moon and throw it, and kick ideas in. So the so it's kind of a it's a big group effort. Uh, but yeah, so at, overall, I would say there's probably like 50 people that are involved in that. But yeah, it goes, you know, it's not like if we write 50 articles, each one's written by a different person or something like that. If that makes right. sense. Right.
0: So it takes a village, really, to write a headline, is yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, that's a whole lot of energy. But, yeah, that whole process, like you said, you know, 500 headlines a week turn into 30 in the end. And, and that that makes sense because, you know, somebody might have a piece of a good idea, but then you, it's got to be refined and made and, you know, made actually funny. So that's where you all come in. So
1: that, Yeah, a key element you know, of uh, comedy is that it has to be funny.
0: You know, I've, I've heard this and, but I yeah, do. yeah I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I'll leave it up to you. You're you're the you're the trained professional. <laughs> so so right. okay, so um oh, here's a good question. all right. So um somebody said, how do they keep from leaning too far, right or left in their satire? So and um, we kind of ta- we kind of talked about that, but you can answer it yeah. anyway. Cause,
1: yeah. Um, I, think I think comedy suffers, suffers uh, been uh, look two little things. So we, we were talking, talking about, about before with, uh, with uh, you know, Uh, comedy suffers a bit if you're not willing to be reflective and you're not willing to write in an introspective way as well as, you know, more of an aggressive way. Um,
0: Right. Yeah, if you're not willing to be honest,
1: right? Yeah. Right. So if you open up the website and it looks like this is, you know, Mike Hubby's personal comedy page you know it's it's more it leans more towards the propaganda side you know so if we're ever leaning that way if we ever seem to lean that way it's usually because there's like a couple of big current events that we're slamming that we're just hitting over and over and then so sometimes it's nice to just take a step back and say okay well let's you know let's do something that gives the site a little more texture let's do some more of the niche like christian articles so let's not let's not go that way so there's definitely like you know writing the and making sure we're kind of on a steady path uh the other time that com- comedy suffers is when you care more about making a point than you do about being funny <laughs> and it, it's not that funny things can't make a point but it you know if it's just my headline the headline i'm working on the piece i'm working on is just gonna make this point over and over again and you care so much about it it's not funny like it's, it's funnier when you're the guy who's just who's just sitting there in a lawn chair. Uh, on your front lawn as the world burns all around you and you're just like hey look hey that's hilarious look at that guy you know he's running down the he's running down the street and his hair is on fire it's funny you know that 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 posture is a lot funnier than you know standing there trying to lecture and making make a very serious point with comedy so i i, I don't know if that answers the question but that's my answer and i'm yeah. sticking to it
0: well you know i like that answer it answers it for me so who cares what they think so no um but I, I i get what you're saying because yeah you know observing life is a lot different than coming at it with an agenda and i think that's sort of what i got out of what you said i know there was more there was much more Perfect. depth yeah. but but you know Perfect. i'm keeping it i'm keeping it on the surface because that's just the way i am um okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna Going to kind of amalgamate two questions into one. So, um as far as like, I know you get a lot of Facebook comments. Somebody asked about that, um, but so I'm assuming you read them. So, how how important is your feedback to you in terms of the stories that you generate?
1: Um, feedback, uh, again, I would I would go to the circles analogy, right? Because we go to such a we go to such a wide audience. Uh, it feels like that um you know there's there is a lot of noise out there you know and probably everything we publish somebody's mad um all right well <laughs> so if
0: yeah you, if you're not making somebody mad you're doing something wrong yeah
1: yeah so if so we listen, if listen to listen every to criticism, criticism of every article i mean you go crazy you know, you know so we've so done a i have I done a better job personally recently just you know muting that muting that whole conversation uh if there's people in our inner circle who think, hey, that piece, you know, I didn't like that piece, or that piece went too far, or uh, you know, hey, we we need to be a little more balanced on this one, you know, or hey, we could have done this instead, um, and and then just personally, like my family or my friends, people in real life right. that so I know, what you know, were you thinking? I to them.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well you should. So I listen to them yeah. a
1: lot. I, I think I think that's true of any writing or any creative. You know, you you get your trusted your people that give trusted feedback, and it's very similar here. But yeah, I mean, but again, if I if we publish a piece and uh, everybody hates it, including the people that should agree with the point that <laughs> that's being mm-hmm. made, you know, then we probably crossed a line somewhere and, and we've got to reevaluate. It.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, then I think Aesop wrote a fable about that, right? I'm like something about a boy and a donkey, and so, I don't know. I'm going back to no, my good. yeah.
1: Something. Sounds like, Sounds fake, like news fake news
0: to me. I think yes. And speaking of fake news, I think all right, we gotta talk about this, but I, I gotta ask you one more question because this one is actually from my husband. When are you gonna interview Jordan Peterson? When when is this gonna happen? Yeah.
1: I think I we're think like we're circling like it because well he's out of the spotlight right now. But
0: yes, yep.
1: uh, we are like getting closer, you know. We're we're on the hunt and we are getting closer and closer to our prey. We we, we managed to talk to uh, Dave Rubin recently, who's very uh, Peterson-connected. So it's possible that in the future we will get a Jordan Peterson interview. I would be very excited if that happens. So...
0: All right. Well, yes. we're gonna yeah, we're gonna be doing the the Jordan Peterson dance of Glee here. Um, I don't all know right, if that right. yeah if that exists, but we're we're gonna we're gonna make one up. We're gonna we're gonna start the choreography right now because yeah. All right, very exciting to hear that. So yeah, so just be a persistent widow with him, like I was with good. with you, and we'll all be good. So okay, so we talked to we had to bring this up, right? The fake news that that charge that's been leveled on you. In fact, I saw I think the other day it was on. Uh, it was on a certain network. I think your um, your CEO was on talking with Tucker Carlson about how you know just you're dealing with all these these charges of being fake satire, which I find hysterical because to me that's like the Dante's level of hell. Like you are one level below fake news when they when they charge you with fake satire. That's it's like Spinal Tap, right? It's like no, this goes to eleven. You're even worse than fake news. You are fake satire. So um, yeah. so I'm gonna shut up and let you let you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's like, how much more fake could this be? Right, right, right. None more fake. So, yeah, so the fake satire charge, I think what they're trying to say is, we use the label of satire to uh, hide the fact that we're just fake news. So that's kind of the, uh, you, it's like one of those double negatives. You know, you got to work out, it's like fake satire, and then they put satire in scare quotes. You know, right, so it's right. like, wait, is this, so does that make it real satire? I don't know. But it, that's kind of the charge, and sometimes it's stated very uh, clearly like that, and other times it's just kind of a subtle, uh, it's just kind of a subtle dig, you know. Uh, so with CNN, it started... Um, I know, it was a year or two ago, Brian Stilter posted on Twitter, uh, the Babylon Bee is fake news, or the Babylon Bee is a fake news site. Was that in response
0: wrote. to your washing machine article, which I just thought was so hysterical that anybody could have <laughs> taken that seriously?
1: No, that was so That was Snopes, and Snopes Okay, i got it. it, okay. They fact check. We said. We said CNN spins the news in a washing yes, machine. Yes. Right. Right. Which I'll. You know, I'll be frank. That's not one of my better jokes. It's but it was, stupid, huh? But it, what yeah. was
0: funny about it was that they took it seriously.
1: Right. That, that elevated. That really elevated the joke to a new level because uh, <laughs> I just. We just wrote this stupid piece about this washing machine spinning. In the news, and I'm like, you know, that's one of those pieces where you're all you're all out of ideas, you know, (laughs) no more cash in the tank. Well, I guess we'll just run this one, you know. Who
0: knew? Yeah, who knew it would put you on the map?
1: And then for it to get fact checked was just like, yeah, you know, Snopes telling everybody, actually, you know, CNN did not spin the news on a washing machine. Like, thanks, Snopes, we appreciate that.
0: They're Um, there. They're there for us. They've got our back.
1: So yeah, so Brian Stelter posted that we were so that is fake news, but they call it satire. And then more recently, a um, uh, lower-level CNN reporter posted something similar that we're disinformation and, and uh, it's a, we're a fake news site. And there was like an CIA analyst who was saying uh, saying that we are using the label of satire to get around Facebook's uh, measures against fake news. Wow, I'm the, like,
0: the like, CIA, you, you have you've I arrived. Can't.
1: I, I I roll I roll out of bed and I go to the garage and I write jokes, you know, and and the CIA is, or you know, or, the CIA, or that's you know. what
0: you want us to think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really an elaborate. I have a bunch of Russians uh, in my basement, and they're yeah, the, you know, the Russian bots, and they uh, they help me out. But,
0: oh yeah, they're going to so, be at yeah, your yeah. door, man.
1: <laughs> but it blew. I mean, it, it and, and whenever this kind of thing happens, it's like it always blows up in their faces, and it always ends always up helping us a, a bit, bit. Uh,
0: because oh, absolutely.
1: We eyes on the site, people who are like, what, you don't want me to read this site? All right, I'm going to read that site.
0: Exactly. Yes. You've just told me, no, I'm going to show you. I'm going there and I'm going to find out for myself. So there.
1: Yeah. Well, that's actually what Facebook found out is they were putting putting labels on things saying, um, you know, this site is not reputable. Don't don't uh, click on this site, and they. Right, isn't that, it, it? increased the number of people who clicked on the links. Well, isn't that
0: like the first? Yeah, it's like the first rule of parenthood, right? You tell your kids no. Should, shouldn't they? Are none of them? Maybe no. Maybe that's the problem. None of them are parents, so they don't know this. Right. So, exactly. So. So, yeah, so what I love, so really, I'm going to credit this to you, whether it really is or not. Like, I believe that Babylon B, you, you have achieved, like, the dubious distinction of single handedly creating that fake satire moniker because I don't think it existed before you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess I've never seen that. Now, there
0: right. Are they didn't do it to the onion, are. right?
1: No, no, no. no. There, there, there are actual, actual satire sites that. that- there are actual fake news sites that slap satire like in their footer just to uh just to you know as a legal shield and so that that does happen like there's people that just write crazy thing oh you know did you know that that hillary clinton uh was seen at a satan worshiping rally you know and then it's like oh no no, no it was just satire.
0: <laughs> yes just joking yeah yeah
1: but there's no joke there's no point it's not funny it's just <laughs> Right yeah, and yeah and actually yeah, Snopes now calls us and I think they label all satires right now they, in response to all this Snopes created a label this when they fact check us it says labeled satire and it just says oh this is labeled as satire but it but it's well, like well, we don't really we don't know. Really it know. could
0: be fake, fake, fake news. You know, it's very helpful because I think, so my takeaway from all of this, and this is even before, maybe even before I was aware of, of your site, is the last several years, this whole, you know, fake news business and um, people, you know, having to be the arbiters of truth on our behalf, like whether it's Google or Facebook or Twitter, putting themselves in that place, it's really dangerous, in my opinion, because they're saying, you know, you're not capable of critical thinking. Let us do it for you. And that's just making it worse because now people you know, fortunately I think people are smarter than they've given us credit for. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm not going to believe it just because you've told me to, but there's this assumption that no, you really don't know. So we have to tell you because, unfortunately, there are people who take your satire literally, who don't bother to check, or who takes you know Snopes at their word and just say, well, you know, I'll, I'll just let them do the the heavy hitting for me. And I don't know. I think it's kind of sad, but it's hopeful to see that you know we haven't gone off the cliff quite yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely see that that kind of uh, battle going on where you have big tech networks and social media saying, we're going to tell you what you're supposed to read and what you're not supposed to read, and people kind of pushing back against that. So that is encouraging that, that you see a lot of people that aren't really buying into that.
0: Right, right, right. So, okay. So to that end, I just got to, I have a few of my favorite headlines. I'm just going to, I'm just going to share just because I can, because I'm talking to you. And then I want to hear a couple of yours. If you, if, if there's some right at the top of your head, but um, let me see. Uh, Oh, this one's a recent one. I thought this was funny. Woman slapped by Pope sells hands stills hand for 1.3 billion dollars I thought that was pretty good uh, let me see oh here's one A new study shows that the bible supports your political views entirely mm-hmm. I think that's important let me see oh here's what. nations Christians wish God had given them some kind of unimpeachable incorruptible leader to follow <laughs> oh if only if only we had someone like that oh gosh yeah, there's only. more Okay, one more. Ease your conscience by finding the gospel theme in any filthy movie. I think that might have been an ad for like a gospel theme thing, but that was great because, you know, that's not convicting at all. None of us do that, right? So, okay, now it's your turn.
1: I always would say my favorite was, real um, you know, early on we said John, Pastor John MacArthur um, built a wall to keep the charismatics out. And it was right at the time when Trump was promising the wall and it was just one of our early articles, always funny. Um, I I guess I'm always passionate about whatever I'm writing next, you know, and it's kind of the creative process is interesting because you're like, every article I write, I'm like, that's it. That's the last idea I'll ever have. You know, and then and then just kind of a worm of an idea, a seed of an idea starts to build in your head, and and then something else comes out. So I'm always excited about whatever I'm working on. I guess yeah. is, is, it would be my cop-out answer, but yeah, John MacArthur humor is always good.
0: Oh yeah, and that, yeah, there was something about John Piper punching himself in the face too, like during his sermon. I thought that was pretty, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, think,
1: yeah. I think Beth Moore. Um, Beth Moore believed that, so she like <laughs> she wrote one. one she wrote in one of her Bible study books um, a while after that that she I don't know she was trying to make a point about not believing everything you see or something. And she said she was she was praying with her family around around her meal and she's uh, around dinner time and she's told her family we got to pray for John Piper you know he hurt himself uh, you know he knocked his teeth and they're like the family her kids or something were like you know that, that's like that satire that's Babylon D right and she's like what, she's like,
0: what? So, okay so I feel like this is. This I is inception, like there's right? Yeah.
1: Over, uh, there's people all over the country that are praying for John Piper. <laughs> I love
0: that. Ah, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Yeah. So I feel like this is inception because I feel like no, you have to be making this up. You're making up a story about a made up story about a made up story. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh wow! So we got to come in for landing here because, um, uh, you know, I hope, I hope by now that everyone listening gets that just about all this is tongue in cheek, the headlines, you know, like, you know, satire. That's what we're talking about. Um, and I think most people who hang hang out here get that. But I think it was the great Tony Randall who gave us that timeless wisdom on what happens when we assume. Yeah, for the record and for the sake of our our dear literal. Uh, listeners here, I just have to ask you. Okay, so and I'm kind of skipping around here actually, because um, I wanna I wanna land by talking about your book, How to Be a Perfect Christian, which is very tongue in cheek, very funny. What what makes a perfect Christian, or maybe you'd rather answer this question: Is there such a thing as a perfect Christian?
1: Well, do you want my uh, satirical answer or my non satirical? Well, so here I'll hey, give I'm you gonna my, trust uh, you. <laughs> the uh, um, yeah, The Perfect, yeah, the Perfect Christian, Christian is just the guy who, uh, you know, listens to all the uh, DC Talk albums and, uh, you know, yeah. doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, no tattoos. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: But what no if tattoos. I stumble and what if I fall?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, then you're out.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that, that's the answer to that. That was DC a lyric, by the song. way. Yeah, they, they yeah. Never yeah Exactly. Yeah, the answer to that DC talkathon is, what if I someone or I fall, well, then you're, yeah. you're toast. You're done, so, man. Yeah, so that was kind of the satirical point we were making in the How to Be a Christian book, is that there's a sense in which we have um, taken the cultural trappings of Christianity and the cultural trappings of the gospel and everything we believe, and and made that, uh, we've integrated that as, as part and parcel of our faith. And so that's kind of what we were trying to do, is use satire as a, as a cutting uh, instrument to cut away some of that fat and say, "Look, you can believe the gospel and not and not be uh, and not buy in entirely into Western uh, Christianity, Western cultural Christianity." So that was kind of. I feel like there's a real danger there, and so we were able to kind of use humor to to make that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I'm glad that you do because I I think. You know, we've gotten we've gotten away to an extent from, hey, here's here's the gospel, here's the good news, and and you know we all do it, and I'm really good at picking on other people because I notice I notice your quirks and I notice their quirks, you know, but I don't like it when you point out mine, but. You know the thing is we 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 add these layers, right? These layers of, oh, well, this seems like a good idea, and that seems like a good idea, and all of a sudden that becomes doctrine and that becomes, you know, and we we can't differentiate that from what the Bible is actually telling. So I think you've you've performed a wonderful service for Christians and non-Christian alike, so to help them say say and to see, well, maybe, yeah, maybe it's not about all this this stuff that I see, you know, on Facebook or that I hear in the media. Maybe there's more to this Jesus than uh, all the caricatures out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. exactly what we were trying exactly. to do.
0: Nice. Well, thank you for doing that, and I, I just got to heartily recommend this book, um, How to Be a Perfect Christian. I mean, you tackle it all, doing life together, serving in the church without ever lifting a finger, a uh, whole, whole little chart of Christianese phrases and translations, which, you know, uh, you might want to review because they'll come in handy. Uh, you know, ten chapters chock full of information that you need to know and then promptly discard because it's got nothing to do with knowing jesus but kyle thank you so much for being with us today tell us how people can find you if they don't already know
1: I mean, the site is BabylonB.com. I mean, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Twitter, uh, but I'm not as funny as I am on the Batman, like a Batman situation. Uh, well, no, you know what? Nobody's, yeah. yeah.
0: No, Twitter's just a place to be angry anymore. But I guess, you know, you can be angry and funny at the same time. But I'm sorry. I digress.
1: Yeah, perfect. So you can find me on Twitter, Kyle Mann. I, I think you search Kyle Mann, it probably comes up. And that's so that's that, so.
0: All right. And of course, the Babylon Bee, Um Yeah. Uh, find it, subscribe to it, get the newsletter, listen to the podcast, all of the above, because it's it's worth it's worth your time. And once again, thank you for giving us your time. And I'll be tuning in, and I'll be listening for Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thanks. God bless, Kyle.
1: Thanks
0: a lot. So there you have it. No denying your way out of it, Kyle. Man, it really did happen. Yeah. And all satire aside. I am perfectly serious when I tell you, you, the Listening Misfit audience out there that you need to be subscribing to the Babylon Bee on all their social media sites, getting the app, listening to the podcast, and of course, getting your very own copy of their laugh out loud field guide called How to Be a Perfect Christian. You simply have to. You have no choice. Okay, of course you have a choice. This is still America, but you want to make the right choice, don't you? I thought so so again that's all I'm gonna say about that except this you also have the chance to make another excellent choice by subscribing to the Isle of Misfits dot com that's I-S-L-E of Misfits dot com where you can hear high quality podcasts just like this one from the finest misfits in the land and even read our own misfit blog with thoughts to make you go hmm because that's what it's all about owning your awkward Loving your fellow misfit and seeking beauty and truth all across this great misfit land.